0: I'm Alec Lace, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome everybody to episode 138 of the podcast. I am happy as always to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you on this workout Wednesday. Powerlifting sensation Mark Bell will be here with me in just a minute. So please stick around for the interview. My kids were hit with a delayed opening for school yesterday as we were hit with a little bit of powder here in the Northeast. It was mostly sleet, but the schools called for a delayed opening before any snowflakes hit the pavement. In my opinion, the delayed opening is the worst snowfall scenario in the business. It throws off the entire morning routine for both the kids and the parents. It forces some parents to have to either miss work or be late to work because they have to make arrangements for their kids to get to school at a later time. I feel like it should either be have school or have no school. I mean, none of this delayed opening nonsense that's just my two cents and and that's how i feel about it lock it in the first class fatherhood next week it is going to be a tremendous week packed with great content and first class fathers former nfl linebacker and super bowl champion aj hawk will be here severely wounded combat veteran shiloh harris and one of the survivors of the 13 hours in benghazi disaster john tig tegan will be here with me as well. Also next week, actor Dean McDermott will be stopping by, so please hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss next week. It's going to be off the charts. Tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to have the honor of speaking with combat veteran Brian Fleming, who was nearly killed by a suicide bomber while serving our nation overseas, so that's going to be awesome. I love having our veterans come on the show here to share their fatherhood experience, and someone else who really loves helping out our veterans is George Fox, the owner of NFW Watch Company. If you are looking for an awesome Awesome time piece, Please go check out the selection over on nfwonline.com and use the promo code father and first class fatherhood listeners will save 15% off their entire order. You're going to get free shipping in the US and $50 of every order is going to go towards Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. All right. So let's keep the celebration of fatherhood and family values rocking here. Please help me spread the word about the show. Let any father in your contact list or in your neighborhood know about the show here. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I will be right back with powerlifting phenomenon, Mark Bell. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a professional powerlifting champion and former professional wrestler. He is the inventor of a device called the Slingshot. He is a podcaster, a gym owner, and so much more. It is a great privilege for me to say, Mark Bell, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show, and I think it's really
1: important for uh, us men and women that are uh, parents to share our message, share our uh, journey, and share our story with others. Um, you know, a lot of times on social media, all you kind of see is, you know, somebody with uh a new this or a new that, but there's not really that much talk about their family. And I think a lot of times it's unfortunate, but it just doesn't get the same amount of likes sometimes. And so, uh, therefore, it gets pushed to the side because it's not fancy or it's not, uh, maybe it's not the lifestyle that uh, all the bachelors want to live or something
0: like that. Well said. It seems as though the cheap thrill always gets all the attention on social media and the really important stuff is often overlooked. Hopefully we can turn that all around here and celebrate fatherhood and family life. So let's get it started here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got an 11-year-old 11, 11 daughter named Quinn and a 15-year-old uh, a son named Jake. Awesome. one and one What type of sports or activities are they into? Um, you know, they are they have a wide uh a wide interest base. Neither
1: one of them really ever took, uh, much interest in, um, in sports. Uh, we had them, uh, you know, as parents, my wife and I, we, we firmly believe that uh, it's important to, uh, try to make quote unquote, force your kids to do some stuff. Uh, and, and we did just because we wanted them to have the experience of it. We think, you know, at, at a really young age, like seven or eight or something like that, they maybe don't understand what's always in their best interest. And so therefore we wanted to utilize sports as a form of exercise and wanted to utilize sports as a form of, um, to teach them about team, uh, and and the camaraderie and stuff that happens when you're, when you're on a team and stuff like that. But neither one of them really took to it. My son one day on the way to baseball, he was like, ah, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I think he was like 10 or 11. I was like, you're old enough to make your own decision. And, uh, If you don't like baseball, you know, we can stop playing baseball. But I said, let's just, you know, let's finish out the season because, you know, your coach and your team is relying on you to be there. And so uh, we'll do it that way. And uh, we can discontinue baseball. And so he did that. My daughter's never had a huge interest in in sports either. She likes art. And those are kind of more her uh, interests. She likes to read. And uh, my son now, though, has now gotten into weights. And uh, he's been training here at Super Training Gym with me out here in West Sacramento, and uh, it's it, it's been amazing. It's it's hard not to get overly excited when your child is uh, excited about the same thing that you're excited about. So I'm trying trying my best to play it cool, but uh, I don't know if I'm playing it cool or not. But it, it's a lot of fun having him here in the gym, having him working out. He's been talking about playing football possibly, so that's kind of cool.
0: That's so cool. Mark, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: So I've been a long-time powerlifter. I started powerlifting when I was around 12 years old. Uh all growing up, I was kind of a, a heavier kid. Um and uh also in school, I really I really struggled a lot in school, and so the only thing I really had was my weights. I uh I played football and did a lot of other sports and did pretty well in those sports and things like that, but um it was uh uh it was, you know, hard hard to um <clears throat> hard to like I guess, uh, gain uh, gain traction anywhere else just because I kind of always felt that I was dumb because that's how I was kind of labeled in school. And so uh, I ended up in like special classes and all these kinds of things. And so I really, really gravitated towards the weights uh, very strongly and um, uh, just been powerlifting pretty much ever since the age of 12. I'm 42 now. And um, I, you know, just took powerlifting as far as I possibly could. I became obsessed with getting myself as strong as humanly possible, and uh, for me, that included a 1,080 squat, an 854-pound bench, and a 766-pound deadlift, (laughs) Uh, and then it's just got me submerged in the uh, fitness industry. Um, I always felt that documenting a lot of this stuff would be important, showcasing uh, these men and women that train at my gym, uh, showcasing bench squat and deadlift. I always felt a lot of people would be attracted to it because of how extreme it was and the kind of weights that people were pushing around. And so pretty much since 2006, I've been documenting, 2005, 2006, I've been documenting all this stuff. Uh, I even had a uh, an account before YouTube was around, which was uh, called Putfile. And, uh, you know, I, ha- I had that going on for a while, and, and it gained traction, and people were excited about the lifting and, and all that. And so that's kind of how I kind of built my name. Um, and built some recognition and uh, just kind of taking it from there. And then um, years into my powerlifting career, I hurt myself a bunch of times, uh, tore my pec several times, tore biceps several times, and I wanted to figure out a way for people to train through and around injuries as we get older. And so I came up with an invention called the Slingshot, which is a supportive upper body device for bench press, push-ups, and dips. It allows you to handle more weight for more reps, more sets, more overall volume in your training. It also helps improve your form and technique uh, while on a bench press or while doing a push-up. And so uh, that has created a fortune for me that has allowed me to make my gym a lot different than uh, pretty much any other gym in the world. My gym is free, 100% free. It's uh, 8,000 square feet, and we have everything and anything you can think of uh, to to get yourself stronger. And So now my mission is to make the world a better place to lift, uh, now that I'm in in a uh, comfortable position to do so, uh, that's what I try to do every day is try to empower people uh, with this idea of, uh, you know, you can always, you can, every single person on this planet possess the ability to be stronger than they currently are. And every single person on this planet possess the ability to be better than they were yesterday. And so that's, uh, that's what I'm obsessed with and that's what I'm uh, doing my best with nowadays.
0: Yeah, you have an incredible success story, Mark. It's really awesome. And one of the big reasons for me doing this podcast here is that I always speak about it. I feel as though there is an attack in this country on the family life and on fatherhood in particular, Uh, just the way dads are portrayed on the movies and in TV, I don't think does us any justice. So I think it's important to hear the realistic effects of fatherhood from successful people like yourself. So when did fatherhood come into the picture for you and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Um, I think I was, you know, In uh, mid to uh, late 20s, when uh, my wife and I had had our son, Jake, and um, so I always loved kids. I I come from a really big family. My mom's side of the family had uh, nine children, and so did my dad, and both families just lived down the street from each other. My parents met on a school bus. My dad uh, winked at my mom on the school bus, and the rest is history. And uh, so, whenever we got together for Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that, we would all get together, and there would be tons of people and there'd be tons of kids, and um, so I always got an opportunity to like play with my nephews and nieces and stuff. And, and I always loved children and always wanted to have, uh, you know, kind of a, a handful of kids, I guess you'd say. But as uh, you know, as my wife and I, you know, built towards our careers and started doing some other things and once we had children I was like, okay, two two is a pretty good two is a pretty good number 'cause they're a lot to handle. Um having one I think would be kinda difficult, uh, because the two, you know, they end up uh playing off each other and they end up uh kinda having a buddy and stuff like that. And so we always wanted to at least have more than one, so that's how we kinda ended up with ended up on that number of two. But you know, the main thing for me with my kids is to just uh I guess try my best to if I, I if I can be half of what my dad was, then I think uh, I'll be a complete person. My dad really did a great job of leading by example. Uh, he's a person of faith, um, and he's also just a guy that, like, aside from like God and religion and stuff, just makes the right decision. You know, or just at least always tries to the best he can. Uh, he doesn't take any shortcuts, um, and and I grew up seeing that. I grew up. I remember when I was a teenager. And I started getting into, uh, you know, girls. And I started seeing, you know, some of these pretty girls at the mall or at the grocery store or wherever we were. And I always thought for sure, like, sometimes not not just a girl my age, but like a, you know, beautiful woman would walk by. And I would be like in the back of the car or whatever. And my mom usually sit in the front, but my mom was like in the grocery store or whatever. And I'd watch my dad and I'm, I would just think in my head, there's absolutely no possible way – he's not going to look at this woman. This woman's way too smoking hot for him to not break down and and look. And he never did. And I don't know if like he knew I was watching or if he was trying to set an example or if that just didn't catch his interest because he's so into my mom. I'm not really a hundred percent sure, but I I learned a lot from that. You know, as a kid watching that, I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's, uh, this guy's made out of something different than the rest of us. And so, and he's always been a very hardworking person. And so, I think, you know, you do have to teach your kids lessons and I do think it's important to uh to lead by example and in addition to that though I do think that you have to communicate with your kids uh, almost as if they are adults and you do have to teach them life lessons and you do have to uh you do have to make them understand some of the principles that you believe in. It's not about, you know, what principles Mark Bell believes in necessarily, um but it's what present what principles do you believe in? I'm a person that believes in uh, the law of attraction. I'm the kind of person that believes in affirmations, and, and if you put stuff out there in the universe that, and you put good out in the universe, and positive things will come back to you. And uh, that's stuff that I try to instill in my children. I try to make sure they understand uh, they have the ability to be anything that they want to be in their life, and there's not really a whole lot of restrictions on that. And I tell them every single day, I don't think you can tell anybody, enough how much you love and care about them they make me laugh all the time and I share that with them all the time I I you know I'm not I'm not uh you know lathering them up with uh, sunshine and rainbows 24/7 but I am communicating to them how much I pre- like if they make me laugh or something I might be I might say something I said this to my daughter last night her and I went in our hot tub and she said something really funny and it made me laugh and I said you know what I hope you never lose that sense of humor it's it's really a wonderful thing to have, and she she may or may not know like what I'm talking about for now,
0: because she's 11. But she, I think she'll remember a lot of these things. Yeah, what an awesome message, Mark, and I think that is why it's so important to stress just how important it is to have a father in the home because we are facing a fatherless problem in our country. The statistics are very eye-opening as far as the results of kids who are growing up without a father figure. It takes a village to raise a child, so I love your philosophy there, and I'm just glad that there are people like you online spreading that type of message out there.
1: Right, and I I try to be you know very transparent. I try to let people in on as much stuff as I can
0: can't let them in on everything,
1: you know. Just, just you can't have your life be uh, that wide open. But um, I, I really, you know, I enjoy my time with my family. I, it's not like it's not like I get home from work and I'm like, oh man, I gotta, you know, I gotta corner off this time for my family. It's, uh, it's a priority for me. It's something that I really love. I wake up every day at some somewhere between 3:30 and 4 a.m. And the reason why I do that is because I like the back half of my day to be completely open and to just be done. I like to be done with my day in terms of, like, work. We all have to work. We all have things that we need to do. And uh, luckily enough for me, I can kind of set my own schedule. But just because I'm able to set my own schedule doesn't mean that I don't have a schedule. So I still – the front half of the day, like when the kids are at school and stuff, that's devoted towards – work, exercise, those kinds of things, and if I don't get those things done, then they just don't happen for the day, because I don't compromise the time uh, that I have with the family, so, you know, the beginning part of the day, uh, well, actually, even in the morning, I really like to cook for my children as well, so they usually go to school around seven, eight o'clock, somewhere in that time frame, and I, I cook breakfast for them almost every single morning, and that is like, to me, that to me, cooking for your children is important um, because there, there's a lot of reasons for it. You know, I, I'm a nutrition freak. I'm a health freak in some sense, and I think really when you're talking about um, when you're talking about having a child and bringing a child in this world, we're really talking about nourishment. You know, and and so this is a, a literal way of providing nourishment for your children. It's it's a direct line of, hey, I made you these eggs and I made you you know, again, whatever principles you have towards nutrition could be applied. I made you this nutritious food so you can have the best possible day that you can. And I'm not going to be lazy about it because if I love you, I'm not going to give you a uh, a sticky bun, you know, in, in the morning. i can give you a sticky bun and uh, chocolate milk and send you off to school and think that you're going to uh, do well and be healthy and be happy with that. And so, and I'm not being judgmental towards others that, that may do that. And I, of course, in our household, we occasionally do that. We made our kids uh, some chicken nuggets last night. You know, There's there's always going to be times where you're going to be a little bit more relaxed with some of these things. Of course, you're going to allow your children to have ice cream and enjoy pizza and do things like other children do. Um, but at the same time, I think that show it, teaching them all the principles that you believe in that have helped you in your life. So with you... Uh, I know that uh, it's been said that you're a mechanic, you know, and it's like what a great thing to pass on to your children. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know how to fix a car or fix a plane or fix really anything in our house for that matter. My wife does a lot of that. But what I'm going to pass on to my children are the things that have helped me, the things that I already know about. So I'm going to I'm going to teach them both about lifting, and I've showed them both all kinds of different things when it comes to exercise and I've been talking to both of them since they were one. I've been talking to both of them since they were very, very young about nutrition. And when they were really young, I used to just kind of tell them flat out, hey, don't eat that. It's going to make you fat. Because at that age, they they have a decent understanding of, of what that means. They don't really know what, it, hey, that's going to cause heart disease and diabetes. Like that's not really going to uh, ring true to them when they're four or five years old. But to tell them to abstain from it because it's going to give them kind of unwanted results is, is a good place to start. And with my kids now that they're both older, they're, they're my son is a teenager and my daughter is kind of getting there. I would never say, I don't say that anymore. I don't say anything about being fat because I just don't think there's a, a place for it. But I do teach them a lot about nutrition. And my daughter might have an apple juice uh, at breakfast and then when it comes to like dinner time. Uh, you know maybe she's you know I might ask her hey do you want dessert and she might say nah, I had you know I had juice earlier today and so then we then we have a conversation about it like okay well that's okay you had the juice in the morning and you you, you exercised today you moved around a lot like let's just have it you know don't, don't worry about it it's someone's birthday or whatever but no one is really like losing sleep over it either so it's not a it's not an area of like contention it's not causing like anxiety for anyone or anything like that but it's it's just something that's openly discussed. My son loves to have Coke uh, every once in a while with his with his dinner, and he's allowed to have the Coke. But it's, I tell him, you either pick the Coke or you pick the dessert. You it's up, you make the choice. But I don't want you having both uh, because you know these things can add up really quickly in our lives, and so I, I want to see them uh, be healthy, strong, and happy.
0: Alright, it's time for us to take a quick break here, get a word from our sponsors, and then be right back with Mark Bell. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of Fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with Seat Geek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code first class. That's one word, first class. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code firstclass to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com. Very cool. And with nutrition now, Mark, kids, teenagers, they're always looking to gain an advantage in the weight room. A lot of kids are taking supplements and other substances to kind of boost their ability to push weight around. Uh, But some of this stuff can be very hurtful or harmful to your body. What advice do you have for parents out there whose kids are passionate about lifting weights uh, just so they can make sure that the kids are staying safe in the process? One mistake I made when I was young is I kind of just thought it was par for the course that like all these things would
1: be like a gut bomb and that they would mess up your stomach. And uh, they shouldn't, you know, these things should be okay. They should be well tolerated. Um, One thing that I would also caution against is like a lot of pre-workout type stuff, which is just loaded with a lot of caffeine, which I think most parents would deter their kid from anyway, but your child might be using it, like especially if they're 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, Just because that can just get out of hand quick. It's not going to like cause any like, real permanent damage or anything. I don't, I don't believe, but I think you're better off relying on your, on your, on what your body's more capable of doing on a given day. And if you're relying on that little extra bump from uh, a pre-workout or something, it just uh, potentially leaves you open to uh, getting hurt. In terms of things that are healthy and smart, you know, really, um, a great place to start is uh, if somebody listening to this has their kid playing football or playing a sport and they really wanted to gain an advantage, uh, I would say that there's a, a few things. But number one is I would check out uh, some information from Stan Efferding. He's somebody that maybe you should have on this podcast as well. He's a dad. He's got, he's got two kids as well. Um, and he's an entrepreneur and uh, world's strongest bodybuilder and also a uh, a, uh really really awesome power lifter and just an awesome person but he has a diet called the vertical diet there's a lot of great information in there and what i love about the vertical diet there's nothing really crazy special about it or anything like that it's nothing complicated but what stan does is he links all these things together through the nutrients uh macro nutrients and micronutrients your vitamins your minerals he links all those things together uh for growth and for the healthiest lifestyle that you can have and so uh, that's a really good place for a lot of people to start. Uh, in addition to that, um, when it comes to supplements, I don't really think there's a, a huge need for kids to be on like a lot of supplements. I do think that there's a huge need for the kid to get uh, fed quite a bit. Now, what happens is, is with children is uh, your kid will come into the kitchen at eight years old and say, "I'm starving," and you'll say, "We have chicken breast, we have filet mignon, we have veggies." <laughs> and they'll go oh and they'll walk out of the room so they're constantly children it's going to wear you out it'll wear you out for sure no no matter how much you love them it's going to wear you out and frustrate you but they're going to constantly want snacks and snacks are something that i think everyone should be eliminating i I don't think snacks uh, really fit well in into into a healthy lifestyle and I think that we kind of think like, oh, I'm going to have a snack in between my meal and it's going to, but what it does is it takes up room in your stomach for otherwise more nutrient dense foods. Um, and again, like we can, you know, you can get way into the weeds on this, but it depends on your, your beliefs on food. I, I'm a believer that meat has all the vitamins and minerals that we need uh, and everything else is just optional from that point, from that point there. But uh, there's a lot of research that goes back and forth between like vegan and eating meat and so on and so forth. But again, whatever whatever principles that you like that you like to adapt to, your children should be eating very similar to you, unless you have really bad habits. Unless you're, you know, drinking, eating pizza and stuff like that. You're, like a lot of times, I think people are like, oh, let's uh, let's get together, let's have a barbecue. We'll cook up chicken and we'll cook up um, we'll cook up steak. And uh, so the kids will make a frozen pizza and it's like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, Why, why are the kids uh, not being treated like human beings? Why are they being treated like animals? So that, that would be the first place I'd start is I would start to really look into, um, you know, getting your kids on a, uh, on a plan that, that really satisfies the nutrients that they need. And then also just some information I heard more recently is like, if most Americans, just made the decision to eat protein over carbohydrates. We wouldn't have obesity. We wouldn't have uh, diabetes, um, or at least there would be a whole lot less of it. So that's what you want to think about for your children. I want to give them a nice portion of protein because protein is the most satiating food that there is. It um, it almost doesn't even count on a caloric level as same as the same as they originally thought. So it has four calories. Uh, per per uh, per gram, but
0: they don't they don't even really believe that that's true anymore because of the way it digests and things like that. So, each your protein. Awesome, that's some great advice right there, um, Mark. What is a good age? I know you said your son just started lifting weights himself, but what is a good age or a safe age for kids to really start crushing the weights?
1: You know, I think I think kids can start pretty young with some weight training. I think um, when you think about uh, the demands on the human body when it comes to uh, sprinting and jumping and throwing and some of these things, uh, there's quite a quite a demand on the body, and, and it's multiplied, um, you know, several times your body weight. So if you were to think of a kid uh, sprinting, uh, the amount of force that's on the kid's body from sprinting or from jumping down uh, off of a slide or from doing these different things that kids do, the impact of those things is uh, way crazier than anything that they can perform in a weight room. So... You can, start, you can start lifting at a pretty young age. Um, I got some friends that have started lifting. Um, they had their kids start lifting at like seven and eight and stuff. This, the, the one thing that always gets weird about that kind of thing is like, does the kid actually really like doing that? Or is it just because, you know, mom and dad does it? Or And so, that you know, you're just trying to make sure. I think the main thing is just to, to make sure your child actually really enjoys what they're doing and, and um, continue to check in with them. Um, everyone does need some form of exercise, um, but kids, you know, they, they can do a lot of things and they don't have to necessarily, uh, spend hours on end, uh, in the gym. I started lifting when I was 12 and I was able to kind of get out in front of a lot of other people. And so for me, it ended up becoming a pretty big advantage that I started at a young age. Um, and I, I didn't notice any, I didn't notice any negative, uh, negative effects uh, from that. It's just resistance training, so it wouldn't be any different than if I was, uh, you know, 10 and my dad said, hey, you know, you got to, uh, you know, go get water from the well, you know, on the farm or whatever, right? So, it's just uh, it's just added, added resistance. The main thing is just to make sure that you're trying to lift with proper form and technique, and that gets to be hard to try to figure out, you know, where the heck do I send my kid to, and so my advice on that would be If you're sending them just to a weight room and they have a football coach instructing them on lifting, that's probably not the best place to be, although it could be. Occasionally you could find a really good one. Um, But my suggestion would be that you you try to start uh, at a a different gym and try to find a coach or personal trainer. And even if you can't afford it, just, uh, you know, ask them if they could just show you. If they could just show your kid, show your son or daughter. Uh, some movements that they thought would be useful for volleyball or something like that. That's that's what you want to kind of get into. And even some of these CrossFit facilities uh, are pretty good. They're, they're um, you know, they move fast, and so there's uh, some um, people get uh, judgmental about that because they move quick and they lift heavy, and then the form starts to get unraveled from there. But if you were to bring a child into that environment, they do have uh, options for that. They have what's called CrossFit Kids. Uh, which could actually uh, be a
0: really good option
1: for uh, your child to learn how to lift.
0: Very cool. All right, Mark, you have accomplished so much in your life already. What type of goals do you have for yourself? What's coming up next for Mark Bell? Uh, February 9th, we have the super training
1: classic here in uh, Sacramento and uh, I will bench 500 pounds at 220. And I'm super excited about that. I've never done that before. I've never, I've never, yeah, I've never, I've never, uh, lifted that amount of weight at that body weight before. So uh, I have successfully done a 578-pound uh, raw bench press, the 854-pound bench I mentioned earlier that was equipped, that was wearing something uh, that's called a bench shirt, which is very uh, supportive. But, yeah, that's one of the first goals is to knock that out. And um, I have uh, a lot of travel and a lot of stuff coming up uh, with the family. Got a lot, of a lot of different things going on with them. And uh super excited about that going to Italy, going to England uh we'll be kind of popping all over the place and I'm really excited about that and then, just a few days ago we we bought a new house, and so we'll be moving uh, probably in a few months it'll take a little while to do all the stuff that we want to do, but the whole family's all hyped up about all that and uh yeah I'm just you know i'm I'm really excited about uh the future of my company and and our their, my future with my family and and just kind of all these different things I have going on, I do think it's important to have. Um, it's important to have multiple things going on. You know, uh, some some entrepreneurs share the idea of like, hey, it's a good idea to get multiple sources of revenue. Well, I think it's great to have multiple sources of happiness. It's great to have multiple sources of uh, goal setting. And uh, you know, I'm a big believer that you know you can make wages while you work towards a fortune. And so. I kind of keep that principle with everything, you know, when it comes to, yeah, I have this goal to, like, beat a certain body weight and lift a certain amount of weight or I have a goal to compete in a bodybuilding show or compete in a power to see meat. But at the same time, I have a goal to uh, take my son to see the Kings, uh, you know, next week or, you know, I got all these different goals kind of going on and then, you know, constantly managing all the people in your life, the people that matter to you most. I got really good advice uh, many years ago from the greatest powerlifter of all time. His name is Ed Cohn. And Ed Cohn, uh, he shared with me, uh, you know, be nice to those who are nice to you and don't do anything else. And I thought, man, that's that's a tough message because sometimes people are hateful towards you and it's tough to not do anything else. But it's really good. It's a really good lesson uh, to learn. And so, for me, when somebody pops up on my uh, my phone and they text me, if it's somebody I haven't heard from in a, in, a, in a long time, and it's someone that I care about, they care about me, then that person moves kind of the top or priority list, and other people move down. You know, so like if someone here at work. Said, hey man, I need you to you know come over here. And I'm I live about 20, 30 minutes away from most of the people that work here. Um, I would drop everything I'm doing with my family. You know, people always say family first. Yeah, of course family first. But at the same time, uh, there's going to be times where the priorities shift and where things move around. And so, at that moment, I would say, hey, you know, I'd tell my wife, hey, you know, this guy needs me over here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's going through a divorce or someone's sick, but he sounds upset, I better get over there, I better start talking to him. And so that's you know, that's my uh my goals are really kind of surrounded in trying to uh you know feed into my own my feed into some of my own ego but uh more importantly uh really make sure the people
0: that are around me uh feel as special as they make me feel. Good stuff. All right. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Mark, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Oh, this is pretty, a pretty simple one. It's not about you anymore. (laughs) You know, those days are over your uh, Christmas, uh, your, your favorite holidays, uh, your birthday um, you know, mom and pretty much everybody else is going to kind of forget about you. And when you, um, when you, at least for a little while anyway, and, uh, anywhere you go, they're going to ask you, how, how's your son doing? How's your daughter doing? And they're not going to really, they're not going to say, Hey man, you do How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Like no one's going to really be checking in with you. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody that, uh, ends up being a little bit into themselves here and there, it'll probably be, uh, some really good medicine for you, but just, uh, just be ready for it, be prepared for it. And uh, there's no, there's really no, um, there's really no right way to raise children. Uh, So that could help simplify things for you. But there's certainly a lot of wrong things to do. So um, you you, you learn, you know, day in and day out. And uh, you're just going to need a massive amount of patience. You know, your kid's going to want to like, uh, wear you out in terms of how much they want to play or how much they want to do but they're only going to be that way for a period of time so just uh it, it's not always going to be easy you're going to get frustrated and that's why i agree 100 with percent what you said in the beginning of the show is that you know it, it takes a village to raise raise a child I mean, you really do need uh, it's not just really two I, I got my parents are here my wife's parents are here um we all chip in, my brothers watch the kids, my uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, like we've all, we all chip in and help with each other's kids, um, but I do think it's really, really important to try to have a dad and a mom around, and um, I just, because, look, you're going to lose your cool here and there, you're going to get super frustrated, and that's the perfect time to bring in the relief pitcher, that's the perfect time to bring somebody else in to kind of close out the game, and it, it's, One thing I'll say that's helped me a lot was, you know, don't try not to overreact and blow up. So if your kids are blowing up, your kids are crying or screaming and are acting inappropriate and they're really, really young, it's really not gonna do anybody any good to go yelling and screaming. And I've I've done that in my household where you know, I took a breath and said and I sat everybody down. We had conversations and my kids were really young at the time and I said, This house is not for that that's not that's not what this house is for we got like a pool outside we got an outdoor kitchen we have a trampoline in the back we got video games I'm like this house is for fun this house is for love and we're going to fight and different things are going to happen because that's part of being a family but let's just go our separate ways when that happens there's really no reason for us to be yelling and screaming i've and i've given the kids this speech uh many many times over and it's worked out really well. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to look I'm not going to um you know look down upon you and you're not going to yell at me and be dis- disrespectful towards me. Let's all respect each other and let's all understand that yeah, like there's going to be some times where uh we get a little bit heated and I think it would be really really hard, you know, some there's probably some single parents listening to this too. It'd be really hard if, if you're just a single parent to be able to try to manage all that. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my wife. I'd probably have to, uh, I already like to go on a lot of walks by myself, but I'd probably have to double down or triple down on that because you're going to have to figure out some way to uh, almost have a form of uh, meditation to give you enough serenity to <laughs> to raise the kids the
0: right way. But yeah, loads of, uh, boatloads of patience and uh, realize it's not about you. Well said. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun for me. Mark Bell, I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much. All right. Be right back to wrap it up. back to wrap things up here on first class fatherhood i got to give a special thank you once again to mark bell for giving me a few minutes of his time here that was so cool please hit me up on twitter guys drop me a dm on instagram hit me on facebook let me know what you thought about today's episode i always love to get your feedback and then lock it in for friday i'm going to be dropping my third collection of navy seal interviews on you just the interview portion of the episodes going to have five frogmen for you craig sawyer mike ritland Clint Emerson, Dom Rosso, and Marcus Luttrell all together in one awesome episode. So lock it in and subscribe. Please tell all your friends about the podcast here. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.